All right, so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and preach online for the first time in my life. Um, so let me just uh, move everything out of the way. So hopefully I can do this without too much uh, clumsiness. So it's a first for me. Uh, sorry, it's a first for many of you. And um, we've all watched things online, but to actually uh, be have a church service online is something pretty new. Um, um, but I'm sure we're going to get used to it in these unprecedented times, and I think it may well lead into something. Uh, when we think about how we do church in the future as we do physically gather what does it mean to be able to to do this at the same time we'll get there um so i, I could it would be easy it might even be classified as lazy um if i'm honest with you to just focus the entire uh, sermon today and in weeks to come around the coronavirus um and depart away from our preaching series um, um but looking at looking for at scripture for rich nuggets to to then sort of glue to a global pandemic doesn't seem to be the way we feel we should be going we think uh, when it comes to preaching we continue in our series as planned we let the scriptures speak authoritatively uh, to the situation and not the other way around uh, the situation to talk to the scriptures um, uh, in the classes we've been doing on the trinity and things we're often reminded about we sit under scripture not over it and so it means we should be able to look at Exodus, ask what it's teaching us, and then we apply these things to our lives in general. And obviously, with everything that's going on, we, we see the application to situations we're going to find ourselves in right now. But that's the right sequence, the, the authority of the word of God. And then we look at how it applies to what we're in. If we do it the other way around, that's how scripture ends up being fridge magnets and, and coffee cups. Um, and I'm not saying this isn't a good time to be sharing Psalms 46, 91. That's a really good thing. Um, but I don't want to spend 20 minutes to be gluing that to the coronavirus. I want to spend uh, 20 minutes uh, preaching from the word of God and we'll apply that to our reality. So we are in a chapter four of Exodus, if you can remember. Uh, we've skipped. We've been away for two weeks. I've been away for many more weeks, as you know, I was on holiday. Um, but I have been listening to the online um, sermons that we uploaded and, and I'm aware Marion did a fantastic job uh, in chapter four. Uh, she did verses one to 26, uh, a great job of that a couple of weeks ago. Um, that leaves me with just uh, four verses though, uh, 27 to 31. So if you have a Bible handy, you could look at that. It's a very short section of scripture, um, but I will uh, roll back a little bit, still back a little bit of the, the other verses earlier on. I'm gonna go from 14 and I'm gonna, you can see that it kind of repeats uh, within uh, Exodus 4. So let me um, put that on the screen for you. I'll try and keep up with the, the technology, but uh, it says uh, in, in chapter 4 and um, verses 14 to 17 of Exodus, it says this, then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses and he said, is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you and when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth and I will be with you in your mouth and with his mouth and we will teach and will teach you both what to do. He shall speak for you to the people and he shall be your mouth and you shall be as God to him and take in your hand this staff with which you shall do the signs. I'm sure you can remember from the uh, previous what that was all about the, the staff becoming a snake and turning back to a staff um then let's read on these are the verses that um specifically um i'm speaking to this week as well the lord said to aaron go into the wilderness to meet moses 
So he went and met him at the mountain of God and kissed him. And Moses told Aaron all the words of the Lord with which he had sent him to speak and all the signs that he had commanded him to do. Then Moses and Aaron gathered together all the elders of the people of Israel. Aaron spoke all the words that the Lord had spoken to Moses and did the signs in the sight of the people. And the people believed. And when they heard that the Lord had visited the people of Israel and that he had seen their affliction, they bowed their heads and worshipped. Great. So I'm, I'm going to try and in a, in a compressed um, period of time, still do, do the three-point preach. Uh, it just happens to come out that way. Typical pastors preaching, three points. Um, I've not done this for a long time. I, I'm sort of trying to... <laughs> lighten the mode a little bit. Um, I used to do a lot of my preachers based around music. It's my background. So I decided today I'll base it on three songs. Uh, song number one is Two Hearts by uh, Phil Collins. Uh, song number two is Don't Stop Believing by Journey. And song number three is Right Here, Right Now by uh, Fatboy Slim. Hopefully uh, you're familiar with at least one of those. So let's, um, let's start with um, Two Hearts. Um, now, um, just so you know, uh, due to the situation we find ourselves in with the, uh, the, the isolation, the lockdown we've had at home, um, we're going through a big house clear out. Jane's going a bit, uh, a bit uh, extreme, but we're clearing out loads and loads of things, um, getting everything we've got, every cup we own and culling the cups, every hat we own and culling the hats. Uh, and the biggest job of all is going to be the photographs um, because we've got, you know, boxes and boxes of photographs, physical ones for those of you. Uh, who don't know, I think I'm talking about phones. No, this is physical photographs. Um, and I want to show you a picture we found. Uh, so this is, this is me being, because that is me in the middle there on those drums uh, with the blue stripe on my track. So that is, that is me and my band back in the late 80s, early 90s, playing at um, Limelight uh, in London. Uh, we were doing a PA back then. Um, and I wanted to point out that the guy, I'm going to show you another picture of the same thing. Um, so you can see this guy a bit better. This guy here on the, on the left in the mustard trousers is a, is a guy called Frank McFarlane. Um, and he's, he was one of my closest friends growing up. Um, and I'm still in touch with him now. A really talented guy. Um, we met when he was babysitting his nephew and nieces in my streets. And we struck up a friendship. And over the years, we, we, still, he, we started to do music together and eventually we ended up in a production uh, company together, working in recording studios for a long time. Um, the thing about me and the relationship I had with Frank was it was, it was so um, close and tight on many levels. When it came to music, um, we were kind of like one. Um, I could finish off half of his idea, he could finish off mine. I could leave something in the studio, come back and Frank had done something with it. We knew how each other thinks in many ways. Uh, in a live situation, I had that relationship with Jerry Abraham because we're good friends and close friends, but we also uh, complement each other when it comes to our musical work. But in the studio, we were writing, creating together, and there was something about us that really filled in the gap in each other's work. Not in a, a, any competitive way, we just saw how our gifting came together to create the music that we used to create, along with the guy at the end there called Colin. But me and Frank had a relationship. Colin was someone I met later, but me and Frank had this deep relationship, which meant there was this really complimentary understanding between us. And to be honest with you, I've struggled to find that level of musical spark um, ever since. It's, it's certainly something that I, I recognize was almost purely allocated to that time with Frank. Um, 
but that codependence, that deep respect and that love with us meant that for me, what I was trying to do was something that I couldn't do alone. I could only really achieve it with Frank's help. And I hope the same would be true of him. And when we think of, you know, Aaron and Moses, that kind of that picture came to me when I saw it, thinking about that complementary relationship that God initiated. In Aaron and Moses, God shows us that we can do immeasurable things in him, but he does it by bringing people together. So whether we want to do things locally, globally, in our communities, our churches across the nation, none of it um, should be done by thinking, I can go this alone. Um, I think God wants to provide both supernatural and natural assistance in whatever he's called us to do. And therefore, God calls no one to a solo run. He might inspire us on our own. We might get something from God when we're just on our own. But when it comes to thinking about global mission or fixing a neighbor's fence or garden, um, you know, to try and help sort out things for them or providing things for your uh, local community or friends or relatives or whatever, you know, this should be church together. We have complementary skills. And when God calls us to things, there is that provision of resource, which is people. Um, and I think we just need to think that way. We call each other brother and sister. Um, I say that all the time. I call my brothers and sisters into church, brother, sister. Moses and Aaron were, you know, literal biological brothers. Uh, God puts them together because they've got this job to do. And their talents are complementary. Moses' connections to God and Aaron's ability to communicate to others, when that merges together, it creates some wonderful merging of gifts and something that is not present in either of them independently, even though they both have gifting. But together there's something else going on, the, the hearing from God and the ability to communicate. And that's just two people being merged together. So I want it to be an encouragement and a, and a challenge that when God calls us to anything, and me included, I'm a very self-reliant person. Um, but I, I feel challenged by that too, that when God calls me to anything, whether that's just something I, I feel God calling me to do short-term locally or long-term, I pray that, we, that that's not, ah, this is my calling and how do I work this out? But there are, And not a race towards independent skills, but the default to be, what is it that the Lord's asking me to do? Who is it that I want to and pray comes alongside me or even approach about this to give greater glory to God. That's a big part of why we're in a community as a church. Second point I wanted to make, excuse me, there's a lot of straight talking. Using the term don't stop believing. My, my second point is a little higher. <clears throat> um, and it's a theme that's going to evolve throughout Exodus over the coming weeks. And I'm indebted to Phil Moore and his book on Moses for bringing this point out from the scripture that we've read and we've been reading in, in four and we will read as we go on. But a lot of what you're seeing unfold with Aaron and Moses is this principle of seeing is believing is seeing. I'm trying to <clears throat> explain that. Seeing is believing is seeing. It's this principle that God sometimes show, in some way shows himself to confirm who he is and that builds faith for us to go forward in the word, but also with the signs hand in hand, one propelling the other. So I think I've got a scripture here from Acts 
So they remained for a long time speaking boldly for the Lord, who bore witness to the words of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. This principle that comes out through Aaron and Moses is initiation, initiating things through signs or propelling faith through signs cause us to then walk a walk of faith and obedience to press on to greater things that we might see in the future the shepherds are a, a good example of this from the, the christmas story which all the kids that are listening know the, that that story of they are that the angel appears that is a sign and then they're told to go to see the baby jesus and they they leave their flocks and go on a walk of faith believing that that promise is true and they see the baby Jesus. They see him. He's the, the sign. The sign of the angel appears. They take the walk of faith. And it says he will be a sign to you. You will see the baby Jesus in a manger. You know, in, and and that, that walk between is the walk of faith. There's not the, the, the continual kind of staying there and wondering if the angel's got any more to say. It's a walk of faith. And God shows Moses and Aaron his presence and his power through those signs, the, the staff becoming a snake, the leprosy of the hand coming in and out of his cloak. They see God's power up close and it confirms what God said. And they're better able to persist through the challenges that will come in order to see the promises fulfilled, that the Israelites will be free. So Exodus 3 says it, it says, but I will be with God, but I will be with you. And this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. So we've got the burning bush sign. God is uh, speaking to Moses, saying what he needs to do. There will then, so there's a sign then. There'll be a sign at the end. When you have brought the people out of Egypt. So there's a sign to come as well. There's a promise in the future. This will be a sign to you when you see this fulfilled. There's a journey of faith and obedience that sits between those two moments. So obedient, being obedient to God's calling is often propelled by moments of faith. Signs and wonders in our lives can be a great thing to propel us forward, knowing full well that God's calling is often not the smoothest of rides. I know this echoes one of my earlier preaches, but I'll, I just want to restate it. God has done miracles in our lives. Our salvation is a miracle, but there are many other things that God has done in our lives. And often those things are the point. But after that, you know, there can be often moments of and I'm waiting for another sign. God's called us to, to walk with him, to move forward with him, to, to be light in our communities, to do things on his behalf, the works he has prepared for us to do. I just want to encourage us that those signs were moments when God showed himself strong, that we might walk forward in him. And there may well be signs in this life and in the life to come when we see the results of that walk. But those miracles are not just for us to feel lifted up again. They are to push us forward in the walk of faith. We've all seen him move in some way. I just don't want us to stay in that mode of saying, I'm just waiting for another sign to be reassured God exists. Walk in faith, not by sight. So Moses moved. The shepherds moved. They did not await another sign, another appearance. They moved forward. And we're to live on a life on mission, impacting others. 
and we might see others blessed and saved, whether it be in this life or the next. We want to see the impact of God in our families, our workplaces, our schools, friends, and wherever we live. As we live out our faith in plain view, as we walk in faith, I hope that we impact those around us. Let me put a quote on the screen from Phil Moore on this. You can read it. I will take a drink. <coughs> we need to graduate from seeing is believing to believing is seeing. If you want to shake the world like Moses, God gives us visible evidence to help us have faith to step out and take risks over the invisible. Let me make my final point and then I'm going to pray. Finally, right here, right now, there's almost a throwaway line, maybe not, the, that's not the right expression, but a line at the end of Exodus, which we can, Exodus 4, that we can read and go, yep, and think it sounds good and move on. But it's after Aaron demonstrated the signs, it says, and the people believed, and when they heard that the Lord had visited the people of Israel and that he had seen their afflictions, they bowed their heads and worshipped. It's that line, he visited the people and had seen their affliction. That should draw us back to the very core of why the Christian faith is one of abject wonder. God visits us in our affliction. He visits us in our affliction. There was a point made one Sunday, um, Matt Nell got up at, at church. I'm going to probably misquote him, but, but I know what he was saying in my heart, <laughs> the way I received it was that, Christ is God coming down to where he should not be so that ultimately we can ascend to a place that we should not be able to go. He comes down from heaven to be with us so that we might go to heaven with him, a place he should not be to allow us to go to a place where we should not be able to go. Christ is God coming down into a broken world being amongst us in our real situation, amongst brokenness, disease, sin, and famine. God is where he should not be, but there he is. And because of Christ's life, death, and resurrection, we believe he's the son of God and the sacrifice for sin. We get to go where we should not be able to go, to eternal life, reunited with God in heaven, sins dealt with on the cross. God made him, says God made him, who had no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. So I want us to be reminded, encouraged. God is not self-isolating right now. He is not distant in times of struggle. He walks with us by the spirit. And so I think it's good to end with me reading a bit of Psalm 46. In Psalm 46, um, let's listen to hear it afresh in light of the revelation I've just said hopefully the reminder at least I've just said of <coughs> God's desire to be present with us. I'm only going to read verses one to three, and they're going to be followed by the word Salah, which coincidentally has come up a couple of times this week. Um, Chelsea was asking what it meant, and I was on a, another a church, and they, they talked to uh, churches online, and they talked about Salah. Um, it's this idea of pause, to stop, hold, reflect. It's a musical term in between the Verses, if you like, of Psalms, there would be selah, which is stop, hold, and then continue. So I'm going to read verses one to three. 
And um, then we're just going to take a moment, which is going to be easy from a technical point of view, because we, we are muted. Well, we'll just be silent and have a moment of seller to, to allow the words to dwell in us richly, to rest in us richly. Uh, and then I will hand over back to um, back to Gareth, who will hopefully be able to, to get um, Tom and Ruth up um, on video and sound, and they will lead us in prayer. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll do a little closing prayer at the end of the, the pause as well, so to just sort of signal that. So let me read this, then we'll pause, and then I'll uh, say a final prayer and hand over. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Selah. Let's take a moment. Father, we thank you in the middle of all this. We thank you that you are the God over all things. That whatever's going on in the world, whatever's happening, you are God. And we come to you as our refuge in times of trouble. Just pray, Father God, that through whatever means we can, we can help be that to our friends and neighbours, but also we would encourage them to come to know you, that they might be able to speak this psalm in truth, that you will be their help in times of trouble. We pray you bless uh, this church and bless those that are, uh, those that we are close to, Father God. Let us be salt and light and show this God who is ever-present, involved in our lives and is our refuge in times of trouble. We hand over to Tom and Ruth. Hello, are we on? Yep. We're on. Hello, um, it's been wonderful to be together. Um, I know we're separated in space, but um, we're definitely together in spirit. And so um, I just want to say a big thank you to Andy and to Aaron and everyone else who's been involved setting all this up in the last week. It's been really amazing. So a big well done. Um, we're going to spend some time praying. Before we do that, um, I just want to remind everyone or let everyone know that churches together in England, this has been headed up by the Archbishop of Canterbury and I think the um, also the head of the Catholic Church in England and other churches, so churches of all types across England, um, are designating today a National Day of Prayer. And they're asking us to uh, light a candle in our windows at seven o'clock tonight and to pray. And so um, I just really encourage you really, really uh, to do that. Um, so 1 Peter 5, 7 tells us, cast all your anxieties on him for he cares for you. And so we're gonna pray now. We're going to use the Lord's Prayer as a structure. That's because that's how Jesus taught us to pray. Um, but also, um, we've been told by the government to wash our hands. I know my hands are all cracked. 
soaked and sore because they're not because we're washing it and just sing happy birthday twice as we do that but uh, I, we've heard recently you know why not pray the lord's prayer when you're washing your hands it's a way to um regularly be reminded and be practicing the presence of god throughout the day so then at this time of national crisis at this time of huge uncertainty and at this time where some are fearing for the health of their loved ones and themselves let's come before our loving father and pray and let's also remember that today is mother's day so we can despite all those who are going to be unable to be with their families today give thanks for the role that mothers play our father in heaven hallowed be your name god you reign whatever is going on in life you still reign god you made the stars and all the earth yesterday today and forever you are the same there is nothing that surprises you god or is out of your control thank you that we can trust ourselves to you as we know you are perfectly loving you're more good than we can comprehend and you are so merciful as psalm 18 says we declare to you are our rock our fortress and our deliverer help all who are afraid to come to you and take refuge in you help all who are lonely turn to you strengthen all who follow you to honor and bring you glory you are worthy of our praises your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven father we acknowledge you are sovereign in all things including the current coronavirus so we ask that you would take this current crisis and redeem it for the for the advancing of your own kingdom would you take that which is evil and turn it for good would people be humbled and turn back to you with the fear that so heightened at this time push people into your loving and peaceful arms with the lack of certainty and security show people that they need a rock they can trust in would salvation break out around the world in the face of this disaster would the church be mobilized christ first churches across the nation and the church around the world would it rise up and be a witness of the sacrificial love of christ at this time and because it's mother's day we're reminded that the fifth commandment is honor your mother and father and so we ask that on this day mothers everywhere would be honored we ask that despite the social distancing mothers are thanked and appreciated for the sacrifices they've made and the love they've displayed would you comfort those who remember especially today loved ones no longer with us give us today our daily bread jesus you are the bread of life refresh us and strengthen us thank you god that you know and see all the challenges people are facing thank you god you are with us and for us uh, within our communities of church work our street our friends and families would you protect our health would you be a shield especially for those who are vulnerable god help us to support each other for food and medication help us to be open with one another if we're struggling with loneliness or anxiety help us especially to look out for those who live alone are in difficult family situations or are self-isolating we pray for innovative solutions to support people's mental health remind us now god of someone to connect with today and we also pray you would bring comfort to those who may already be mourning we pray for financial provision and guidance for all those whose jobs and businesses are at risk we pray for generosity and financial provision for charities such as new hope in watford and the food banks who care for the most vulnerable in society and we ask god that you'd give wisdom to all our leaders especially within our government the national health service to act quickly and make the right decisions we pray for nhs staff that you strengthen them and protect their health we pray for quick provision of protective clothing and medical resources please god bless their families and help us to look after all their needs 
forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Let's just take a moment asking the Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you bring to mind the things we've done that we should not have and the things we have not done that we should have? Father, forgive us for the ways we have arrogantly said in our hearts, as the letter of James reminds us, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. We have trusted too much in our own plans and in our own securities and not in your sovereign grace. Instead, let us be a people who say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. Father, forgive us for the way in which we've forgotten that our treasure is found in you and not in anything this world can offer. As Colossians reminds us, set Set your minds on things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Thank you that we may come boldly before your throne of grace, that by the blood you shed on the cross, you've won for us an eternal salvation. As First John reminds us, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We surrender ourselves to you now, Father. We are so weak, but you are strong. Help us to take every thought captive and submit it to you. When we are afraid for loved ones or ourselves, help us to turn to you and hear your voice. In all our activities, including shopping and work, help us to trust you and walk in your peace so that we can honour you and put others before ourselves. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. You are the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. You chose us before the foundation of the earth. You saved us through your son and will redeem us and all creation when he returns. History is your story and it serves your purposes. Like the multitude of saints that no one can number, say before your throne, blessing, and glory and wisdom, and thanksgiving and honour and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. <laughs>